Good morning, and welcome to episode 694 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller, along with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland. Hi, Ben. How are you? All right. Good. Do you have anything you want to say? Well, after we talked about Pat Vendetti last Friday, he yeah. went on the DL. And after we talked about top prospect promotions, the two best prospects in baseball got promoted. Uh-huh. So uh, those are updates. All right. Uh, what's Pat Vendetti's injury? I believe he has a strained shoulder. I guess I should specify which shoulder, but I don't have that information in front of me. I am about to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll wait. And maybe it surprises people that he would go on the DL with an injury to one side, but he... Uh, the other way. Well, could you, can you carry, I wonder if you can carry him. It's a right shoulder strain. I mean, so the thing about, yeah, I don't think you can probably carry him if he's not able to throw with both. I mean, you no. might, we, well, we don't know exactly how good he is, but the assumption is that if he was just barely good enough to get called up doing the switch pitching thing, then he probably wouldn't be able to survive a league where he has to face not just his nemesis switch hitters, but any any old pinch hitter with platoon advantage that they decide to send up there. Right. And he was better against lefties as a minor leaguer, but I don't know if he's good enough to be a lefty specialist if you wanted to keep him around in that role. Yeah. All right. So, Ben. Yeah. I want to talk about my, my clothes. <laughs> okay. My wardrobe. Uh-huh. You say that I wear the same thing every day like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Doug. <laughs> oh, interesting. I... <laughs> It, I, uh, I also am aware of this, by the way. I'm aware that I do this. And I think of it not as a cartoon character, but as, I think of myself as a Tenenbaum. <laughs> okay. Specifically, I, I interviewed Wes Anderson back just before the Royal Tenenbaums came out. Really? And I talked to him about wardrobe choices, and he talked about how he thinks that, well, basically like cartoon characters, <laughs> he likes to have the uh he basically what he likes is he likes the clothing to be the same every day so that when you ch- make a change it means something so if a guy changes his wardrobe you know to go to a funeral or to go to a wedding or to you know to whatever he's doing whatever changes in his life causes him to change into a new outfit it pops it hits and i don't i don't think of my clothes as uh self representation particularly but I do, clothes are very, you know, they're very comfortable, you know, the, mm-hmm. the clothes that we choose are often very comfortable. And it does add a little excitement to my life when, say, the work week ends and I can ditch my work corduroys and hoodie and put on my weekend. Corduroys and hoodie? <laughs> yeah, like different colors or different hoodies. Or, uh, you know, I do, I have about, you know, I have seven hoodies. So a, a hoodie switch is significant. Uh-huh. Uh, You did wear jeans one day. What did that mean? That meant, well, which day, do you remember which day? That was was the San Quentin day. I did, yeah. You're right. That was because it was our first day of non, non, it was our, it was a new location. (laughs) We'd had spring training at the same field. And so then we had a new location and I, I just, it was an, it was an adventure. Jeans are adventure clothes. (laughs) I see. Okay. Anyway, it does make it convenient because I can scan a crowd and pick you out instantly. Like when it, I when I was in the dugout last night, I was looking to see if you were in the stands, and I calibrated my eyes for a black hoodie and the same Stompers hat and some corduroys. 
So here's the other thing, though, is that what you see me wearing, because I'm a because I wear a sweatshirt all the time, even when it's 98 degrees in a California summer. Uh, you don't actually see my wardrobe choices. Like when I see what you're wearing, I see your pants and your shirt, right? Mm-hmm. And a hoodie is like a jacket, and people will wear the same jacket whenever they need a jacket. But you don't generally focus on the jacket. But because you only see my sweatshirt, you don't know that I am changing my shirt. I do change my shirt every day. As far as the pants and the sweatshirt, those are both clothes that you don't wash. I mean, you probably wear a pair of pants 20 times before you wash it and a sweatshirt 20 times before you watch it. Wash it. I just choose to I make those 20 I do. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I definitely don't do that. Oh, I, well, I do. I mean, I, I think a lot of people do. I do. I certainly do. And I just choose to, to have those 20 days be in a row. <laughs> okay. So a lot of people will wear the, spread those 20 days out, but it's the same, it's the same effect. Mm-hmm. I'm just clumping them together. I like clusters. I like Probably them. saves you some closet time. It, like when I was in grammar school up until I was 14, we had a uniform, and I, I liked it because I never had to worry about what I was going to wear. I was always going to wear a jacket and some slacks, and it was always going to be the same. Didn't have yeah. to worry about what the cool clothes were. Everybody has, uh, literally everybody has sent us the all uh smash mouth yeah <laughs> uh so congrats thank you smash mouth you, front man had you. a meltdown yeah thank you to every single one of you <laughs> everyone thank you the great thing is that they were trying to play all-star as <laughs> the meltdown was going on <laughs> the great thing is that we got to hear basically smash mouth's hold music like they like we get to hear what it sounds like when they're just playing their, their like please hold until the the tirade is over and <laughs> Like, that was what I was focusing on. It was delightful to just hear them kind of just play that same little loop over and over half-heartedly, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I enjoyed, I don't know what it was, but there was something hysterical about hearing that song not for a song, but as a stalling mm-hmm. act to just hear them kind of noodling around with the <laughs> All-Star, with an instrumental version of All-Star. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, a couple other things quickly. Has Albert Pujols turned a corner? Can you turn a corner when you're already a Hall of Famer and you're 35 years old? You absolutely can. Uh, there's, I've always felt like Albert Pujols was going to have, you know, like th- that he'd have his sort of predictable decline and he would be a you know, pretty good hitter for a while, but not a star. But there's, it tucked in would be the one MVP year. And, I don't think that that MVP year would be because he turned a corner. It would be a combination of, you know, better than usual health and lots of dice rolls going his way at the same time. Uh, but it feels like all these guys, these kind of big sluggers who have their, you know, typical decline in their 30s, they all they all seem to manage to have one, like, massive year at some point in there. Like Jermaine Dye, the year that Jermaine Dye was pretty much washed up. And then suddenly hit 315, 385, 622, mm-hmm. and finished high in MVP voting. And then, you know, Frank Thomas was basically like let go by the White Sox because his career was toast. And then he finished fourth in MVP voting. And I, I, I like these seasons because I don't think there's anything significant about them. And I don't think Albert has turned a corner, although I think he's, I think probably, you know, he, he's probably somewhat, he feels a little bit better health wise than he, did you know last month and then he will next month and so he's probably or last year and next year but i just like the reminder that seasons are that that careers are completely non-smooth that 
you have bad seasons in the middle of them and great seasons in the middle of the bad parts and that they just don't always tell you that much that seasons are uh, careers are very long and uh, every player even even the predictable careers even like you know Mike Trout is going to predictably be a hall of famer and yet there ev- there will be lots of seasons that surprise us for being much better or worse than the one before it and um <clears throat> i it's a good reminder i think that even for established players these fluctuations happen and mean very little and so for non-established players these fluctuations happen and you have to remember not to overreact to them let's see picking an arbitrary date to make it sound like a real hot streak he is hitting over his last 62 plate appearances and 16 games he has hit 10 home runs he's hitting 387 433 903 1336 We've, uh, flips have been, first base flips have been divisive for us in the past. Very strong. Yeah, this was a really good one. I agree. It's, I think it's the best flip that you've shown me. Um, <laughs> that's a really hard flip because the, the movement of that ball is, is going to be very hard to control. Uh, and you could see it kind of get away from him a little bit. He almost pulled Mike Leak off the bag. But that really, I remember when I was a kid, I became obsessed with mastering this one shot in basketball that isn't a very useful shot where I would be kind of <laughs> running like from one side of the free throw line to the other. So I was going like left to right and then shooting as I went. And mm-hmm. so, so like I, you, you'd kind of like almost like you were jumping horizontally past the, like you're an oscillating fan in the, in the <laughs> baskets view. And, uh, and then you'd shoot as you'd go. And of course, your momentum creates this kind of tail on the, on the basketball. And so you have to really, like, master the, how much break you leave for that, for that ball. And, um, and I shot a lot of these for, for some reason, thinking that that was going to be my signature shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted a signature shot. And, uh, but you have to calibrate it. And I feel like this is not a play that, anybody has practiced and so it's hard to calibrate what the break is going to be on that throw on that flip it's like victor martinez it was basically just he just flung it straight back and it happened to go to the guy but this one required aim in my opinion and um and an understanding of physics yeah and (laughs) that has what to do with joey Votto. (laughs) it was uh he was moving Uh, well his his had the his uh, he had to sort of throw it as he was moving in another direction. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a straight throw. Like Martinez was a straight throw. Yeah. This was not a straight throw. This was his body was moving in a different direction than the throw was going, and therefore it created like a, a tail on the throw. Yeah. Right. And the re- release was so fast. He just I, he scooped it. I don't. He just scooped and threw in one motion. It was really impressive. I will link to it so people can watch what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. I'm done. All right, so I want to talk about the Royals and the All-Star game. Okay. Uh, the Royals, um, as as everybody has heard, have, have managed to get seven of their position players atop the All-Star voting 
standings, if those are standings, to start the All-Star game. And so uh, we're looking at potentially an All-Star game in a month in which Willie Wilson is going to be starting. (laughs) Uh, Greg Gagne is uh, currently on pace to start. Mm -hmm. Johnny Giovatella. Luis Alisea. Luis Alisea is going to be starting. I don't actually, is Omar Infante still uh, at the top? I don't know. All right. Anyway, the point is that the Royals have stacked the ballots or stacked the ballots, whatever they've done. They've stuffed, stuffed, stuffed <laughs> ballots. Royals fans have stuffed the ballots. And um, so this has created a situation where a few things have happened. One is a bunch of the not best players in baseball are going to be starting a game or might be starting a game, in which, we're, you know, in a, in a sense, some people think counts. Uh, two, a bunch of not very entertaining players. We'll be starting mm-hmm. the same game, uh, a game that exists solely, mostly for entertainment. Three, the voting process itself, which is boring and generally predictable, has become worth discussing uh, and perhaps not boring and unpredictable. And four, we get another question about whether the Royals are lovable or have become heels and or just uh, annoying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess first off, what is your what is your history as an All Star voter, Ben? Very limited. I vote late and vote once, and that that's pretty much the maximum. There are years when I probably haven't voted at all, but just by principle, I wait until the last possible moment so that I can fairly judge who should be an All Star. Because I do probably put more weight on current season performance than than some people, and I vote once and then I completely forget about it. Why do you vote once? Why do you even do that? Well, I don't always, but I just kind of do it to familiarize myself with who the best person is at, at each position, I guess, more than anything else. I, I don't know. There's no real purpose for doing it. I could just look at a leaderboard. But... And, yeah, and are you trying to get the, the best player on that day or are you trying to reward the best season to date? Trying to reward the best season to date with some preference for players who've been good in previous seasons. And does, uh, do you consider like a FIP ERA differential? Would you, are you a Sabre voter or do you, if a guy's, <laughs> if a guy's 12 and 0 with a 4.7 FIP, would you vote for him? Do you become a traditionalist? Uh, no, probably not. All right. And as a child, what was your, what was your strategy as a child? I guess I'd vote when I was at a game and I think early on I would just vote for home team players, mm-hmm. and I don't know, later on I stopped doing that. Okay, my experience is uh, somewhat similar. I would, I did love the ballots, and I would do the, uh, I would do, you know, a couple hundred ballots the days that I would go. I would do mostly local guys, but I did appreciate that at some point it became a farce. And so I would probably would do, like, on average, say I would do 200 ballots, and on maybe a hundred of them, it would be straight down the line, you know, just the, the, the local ticket. And then on the other hundred, it would be maybe half local and then half the best players. Did you try to sabotage the uh, opposing league? No, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I took it that seriously. I would uh, I would try to sabotage the opposing league, which if I had want, I mean, if I cared that much, then I would have not voted for the local guys in the first place. But at the time, it didn't mean anything, right? So. Well, it didn't, and yet you had to. You still thought it meant something, right? Did you root? Would you root for the All Star in the All Star game when you were a boy of twelve? A little bit. 
Yeah, I wasn't. I didn't take it very seriously. It was. It was. I think after the time when it was considered a real rivalry, or at least I, I didn't consider it that. Okay. Omar Infante, by the way, is second behind Jose Altuve. He has ninety three percent as many votes <laughs> as Altuve does. Omar Infante currently hitting two hundred four, two thirteen, two eighty four, with an OPS plus <laughs> smaller than an Altuve. <laughs> Okay. 32 strikeouts and three walks for Omar Infante. Uh, so yeah, all right. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that as a, as a person who was also a child at one point, I definitely appreciate the dumb ballot stuffing aspect of voting. I have, mm-hmm. I had no issue with that. I am still the person who had no issue with that, merely transported by time into a later generation. And so, therefore, I can't judge. We can't judge, Ben. Mm-hmm. Wearing the same hoodie now that you were when you stuffed the ballots, probably. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. So, and and I think that it's probably fair to say that every person, as a child, feels that way. We were not unusual children. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think we were in this respect. I don't think we were unusual. <laughs> we're pretty unusual now. And so why do you suppose we react disfavorably toward the local team stuffing a ballot? I mean, what what is it that is so aggravating about it if we are in favor of the game of doing it? I don't react unfavorably. I, I don't know. I've come across 20 stories about this and I haven't clicked on any of them because my apathy about the All-Star game is so deep. Or so shallow. I don't know what apathy is, but when it is when it works this well, <laughs> it didn't work that well when we were kids doing a few ballots, probably. But when it's this kind of effective, coordinated campaign, and it threatens to make the All Star Game very one city centric, then it kind of threatens what is regarded as one of baseball's jewel events. I don't know that it is really seen that way by baseball fans now or baseball ratings wise just the all-star game is not really that exciting anymore because we see these players all the time in person and whenever we want to click on the little video icon next to their team's name but it kind of you know it it has worked too well basically it is right it's the equivalent of how nobody really cares that much that a player does steroids until they do steroids so well that they start breaking things yeah kind of and and also so tell me about the coordination is there coordination i don't know i was going to ask you there must be coordination right there must be a a campaign i haven't really paid attention to it i don't know what to what extent the team has driven that campaign i don't know whether it's mostly fan-led or not but this can't be completely random right it can't just be that Royals fans on their own are all more dedicated and into the All-Star game than any other fan base by far. There has to be some kind of promotional effort for this. Yeah, there was uh, didn't did we talk about did we write about there a couple of years ago there was a little controversy about some coordinated efforts where they were where some teams were like Yeah, the the Brewers were dissing the Cardinals or it was like a Lucroy Molina thing. Oh, they were, they were, they had MLB, but that was MLB. That was, that was just basically like, that was the, right, that was like the cut four corner of MLB that was making. I thought it was team specific. I thought it was, 
a team that was kind of bashing another team's catcher. And I thought there was a team rivalry aspect to it. I think that, as I recall, it was clearly meme meme bait, and it was produced. I mean, this was it was an attack ad, right? It was a yeah. joke ad. It was. I mean, it's not like Jonathan Lucroy woke up and said, "I'm really going hard after Yadier Molina." Like some a producer came up with a funny idea, and then they got a camera and gave him a script, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I count that as real. I'm thinking that the Giants were the Giants used to give away bobbleheads or something like that like they would you if you if you turned in oh i think it was if you turn in a brick which was like 250 ballots then you would get like a leftover bobblehead Uh and i don't remember if this was a thing or if i just sat and wondered whether it was a thing yeah the the molina thing it was an ad like a fake political attack ad that ran on fox sports wisconsin so it was the team doing it and it said you know like it ended with most importantly he's not a st louis cardinal so it was kind of brewers versus cardinals oh so this is uh i have a and i have well doggone it this link doesn't work but i have I, I found a reference to june 2012 when they were giving away the previous year's bobbleheads if you turned in a a big enough stack uh-huh. at giant teams and so that's somewhat coordinated so there is coordinated i mean Coordinated efforts to get teams voting is also not unusual. It is. I haven't seen what the like. I've just in the time we've been talking, I've clicked on like fifteen of these things, and not one has explained why they've been so effective this year. Yeah, which is odd. Maybe Royals fans were just more excited about this sort of thing. I don't know. They're they're new to being a good team in the last few decades now, and they really like this team, and they like winning and the national stage and everything so maybe they care more or more enthusiastic than most other fan bases but i don't know there must be there must be some kind of campaign right yeah and so then that's the other thing is that i mean there's a lot of things that we like as kids but once adults start doing then it it looks kind of like trying too hard and like playing baseball (laughs) like like autograph seeking for instance is another thing where kids can be pests to seek autographs mm-hmm. and adults generally we nobody really likes those guys that much yeah um, so maybe this is just that it feels once it gets too effective it feels like adults are doing a thing that doesn't matter but i don't know uh, i guess they're do i mean it matters to kids so why not do it mm-hmm. i don't know i don't quite know what to think about any of this ben because it's a so so somebody some baseball player tweeted that the haunt that it's bad because the all-star game isn't a popularity contest right and it and since somebody else said you know except that it's literally you know a popularity contest that's literally what it is mm-hmm. uh, and so on the one hand you can say well hey the votes win that's good but the nobody thinks that these are the most popular players nobody nobody outside i mean even kansas city probably doesn't really want to see omar infante <laughs> They probably don't want to see Omar Infante on the Royals, let alone the All-Star team. <laughs> exactly. And so, I don't know. I mean, it it's not fun. that, In a sense, it's not fun. In another sense, it is fun because they're they're pulling a little heist, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a bank robbery. They've, they've got a, some sort of scheme, and they're enacting it, and then they're watching all of us go dizzy trying to make sense of it. And so that's fun. That turns a thing that is meaningless and repetitive 
That's something that is fun. I don't know. I just can't decide what I think about the Royals in in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But particularly, well, no, I don't, Ben, I don't have anything to say. (laughs) Delete delete that. (laughs) It's sort of like when Eric Sogard was winning the face of MLB thing, but but worse. All right. So, yeah. Okay. So it is like that. And but that was about a thing that meant nothing, nothing. Right. Yeah. Nobody was paying attention to that except for baseball Twitter nerds. It only existed within the baseball Twitter nerd sphere. My mom wasn't going to find out about it. It wasn't going to be on anybody's baseball reference page. And I'm not talking about the this time it counts stuff because I don't really care about that. It doesn't count as far as I'm concerned. But there is still something about this feels like vandalism in a little bit of a way. Yeah, There was maybe a closer equivalent in last year's hockey all-star game voting, right? Or or for this year's hockey all-star game, but the voting was in December or something when the Latvian player Zemgus Gergensens was the top vote getter, I believe, because like he just got a ton of support from his home country. Like over 80% of his votes were from Latvia um, and 80% were from Sabres fans and he was on the Sabres. And so it was him and he was not a big star and then big stars below him. And that was maybe kind of a feel good story more than anything else, just because he was this somewhat obscure guy who was just getting a ton of support from his native country. And it wasn't it wasn't going to have the same sort of destabilizing effect that a lineup full of Royals would have. What if Omar Infante had retired two weeks ago and he were still and and he were first? Like, is there a point where we care more more? Like, we care to the point where we we just demand that the Royals be kicked out of the league? It feels a little underhanded because you have to you have to really. It's not like. They just mobilized the fan base better, and they're getting just a higher participation from their total fans available to them. To get this many votes, they must have sort of gamed the system a little bit. Like, you're allowed 35 votes per person, which is sort of silly. I mean, there's no reason why anyone should get to vote 35 times, really. You know, It's maybe ad-driven because you see an ad every time you click on the All-Star ballot. But you can, I'm sure, get around that. I don't know how they determine the the limit, whether it's an email address or a IP address or what. But you can always get around those things, whether it's by masking your IP or creating a new email address or whatever. So, so they must have done that. A lot of people must have done that for the Royals to have such a huge presence, because it's not like Kansas City is the largest metropolitan area or anything. So that feels a little. I don't know. Just feels a little artificial, cheap if you're doing that. Yeah, and the somewhat smug, somewhat smug uh, attitude of, well, hey, you should vote more if you don't want this to happen, is also feels a little insincere because it's not like the Royals are like leading the league in attendance or like are have a famously huge fan base or anything like that. This is not a city that is famous for supporting its team to you know in great volume. Um, so it it also feels just like somewhat unearned that it's the Royals, uh-huh. if that makes sense too. They've got a reputation for for being dedicated when when the Royals are good, at least. I mean, no no city would be that dedicated to a team that lost for two decades. But like last year in the postseason, it was there was a lot of excitement there. Yeah, 
and they are they're fifth in the league in the American League in attendance, which is mm-hmm. I guess proves neither side of the point. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, there was an effort to get I don't know if you remember this to get Lasting Millage voted in. I don't remember that. And that's because he wasn't on the team anymore. That like uh, let's see, it was it was that I guess he had been demoted. He was he had been demoted to AAA. He was with Washington at the time. He had been demoted to AAA, and Red Sox fans decided that they wanted to get him to get him uh, elected. And I think that the reason that they wanted to get him elected, or the reason that some people wanted to get him elected, was that it was deemed to be an injustice that he was in the minor leagues. That he, I mean, he certainly wasn't an All Star, but that Millage had been. It, it had. There was a, a sort of storyline that Millage had been picked on by professional teams and not been given the credit he deserved as a very good ball player or potential ball player that he had been, you know, youth shamed, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so there was an effort to humiliate the nationals by getting their demoted player elected to the all-star game. And that is very clearly vandalism. And, but it's upfront about it. It's very open about it. And it's also not in any way self-serving. Mm-hmm. And so I was pro that. I was also younger then. I had a little bit more of a rebellious streak. But I, I was pro really, really, really far out stupid idea. Uh-huh. Uh, and I guess that's also another way that Sogard was different. Sogard is not just, you know, you know, not the face of MLB, but he's probably like the seven or eight hundredth best player in yeah. baseball. But he has like he looks funny. And so it was extreme. It would have been like the difference between you say going for Eric Sogard and then like having a team really rally behind, you know, like Aaron Hill or something because they're Diamondbacks fans and they really want Aaron Hill and Aaron Hill's just not that good. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I am coming around to this. This is what I'm going to say, Ben. Okay. I support the Royals entirely in this. Oh, okay. And I also think that I hope they fail. Uh huh. I, I hope they come up just short. I hope there's a push because I, it will not be fun for me. I will not get a giddy sense of rebellion, a giddy feeling of rebellion if this is completed. I This is the case where I support them for doing the thing that I would have done as a kid, and that is community-based and kind of fun and specific to the year um, and reflective of how they're in a sort of a tiny little mini golden age, Okay. So I support them, and, and for their sakes, I, I hope they keep doing it, and I hope they win. I also will get no pleasure out of it, which is a little bit disappointing because, like, if they if they really put their efforts into something absurd, I would get some pleasure out of it. If if they somehow like, if for instance there was a coordinated effort to have only Japanese players starting, uh-huh. and, and every Japanese like Aoki was starting, and oh, Ichiro, totally be behind that, and Tadaguchi was starting, and. Max Suzuki was starting. That I would be completely in favor of. Like if you had, if this was an art project and it was a one-time thing, then I'd support it and I would I would root for it. I'm not that interested in seeing Alex Rios start the All Star game though. I don't I don't think there's any larger message. I don't think there's any particular irony to it. It's just a bunch of guys figuring out a way around the IP address blocks. Uh, and so therefore I support the Royals and root against them. I agree. Okay. All right. So emails for later this week, podcast at baseballperspectus.com. If 
Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild. We welcome your ratings and reviews and subscriptions on iTunes. And our sponsor is the Play Index at baseballreference.com. Subscribe using the coupon code PP to get the discounted price of $30 on one year subscription. We'll be back tomorrow. Three, two, one. I'm glad the counting has happened so that I can just start <laughs> right whenever I want to. Yep. No need to wait for counting. Mike is live. Yes, sir. The counting has happened.